holding the Bible in your hand, say, this is my Bible. I have what it says I can have. I do what it says I can do. It is the living Word of God. I have received it, and I have it all. I haven't missed a thing. Tonight, God's going to set it ablaze. I'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. We'll never be the same. In Jesus' holy name. And our church said amen like you mean it. And you got to give God another hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. (coughs) Y'all bear with me. I'm fighting a little bit of allergies tonight. But we are thankful tonight to be able to be in the house of God. God is doing something in the spirituals. I wish that everyone could see it. Tonight, I kind of want to open up a little bit more. The Lord has not allowed me to get out of the book of Joshua. How many of you enjoyed Sunday morning's service, the whole service? I mean, it was just a blessing from beginning to the end. We had a good time. All you ladies, y'all overdone it again. You cooked so well, and uh, I got so fat and ate so much. I enjoyed all of it. It was really good. I thank you for all that you've done. I know that's a sacrifice to do. It costs money these days, and I know that God will richly bless you for that. Amen. Tonight, I want to talk with you in Joshua chapter 6. We're going to read that whole chapter. And I want to kind of give you a different view tonight on the book of, on the, the, the story of Jericho than you've probably ever seen before. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, I shared with all of you that there are things when we read the Bible that we overlook the minute details and we don't really look into the minute details. And many times, it is in the minute details of the Word where God has His revelation. And sometimes it can be one letter in the Hebrew language. Sometimes it can be one word. It can be one verse. It can be something that don't seem to be that significant. Just like Sunday morning when I shared with you about Jesus telling Joshua to take his shoe off on one foot. And that he had until he accomplished what God had asked him to do. He had to go around and fight the war with one shoe on for the rest of his life. You probably never heard that before. But that's something that we need to know in the scripture. How many have been walking around your house with one shoe on? Nobody yet? Eva sent out says, Girl, she's gonna look mighty funny at the church at that schoolhouse walking around with one little shoe on. But thank God that God is doing something in our church. Amen. I'm gonna stop and give you a few words to listen to, and I want you to just to see this as we go through. If you have Joshua chapter number 6 tonight, say amen. amen. Like I said, I am been fighting a little bit of allergy. My throat is not where it needs to be, so I don't know if I'll be doing a whole lot of heavy preaching. So if the Lord anoints me here tonight, then he'll give me the strength that I need to be able to preach it. Amen. amen. Verse 1. Now Jericho. Now before we go any further, you need to know something about Jericho. The word Jericho <laughs> means the place of fragrance. But when you really study that word out, it means a lot more than that. In the Hebrew, it means his breath. It means his life. It means his soul. It means his mind. But it has the his that it's talking about is always referring to the moon, the renewing of the moon, the growing of the moon. That's why Jericho was called the moon city. What Jericho does is it signifies in Scripture the outward intellect. It signifies the external that reflects a state of consciousness. Every one of us experience a Jericho. We reflect something externally that our conscience has internally. I want you to understand that before we go any further. But I want you to see what is happening here in Jericho in verse number 1. 
It said in Jericho, Jericho was straightly shut up. That means that all the inhabitants of Jericho were kept within the walls and there was no traffic in and out of that city. Nobody was permitted to go in and out. And they were waiting, sitting back, waiting for the attack of Israel as Israel were coming and they were fearful of their impending doom. And they had literally secured themselves and <laughs> began to seem to feel like that they were about to fall upon, upon them, that Israel was going against them. And we're going, you're going, this is going to kind of mean something to you as time goes on because what Jericho is symbolic of to the new church or the, the New Testament church is your soul. So we're going to talk about overcoming some strongholds in your soul tonight. Amen. Amen. Said, and they, they were straightly shut up because of the children of Israel and none went out and none came in. There's people in the world today, people in the church right day, now today, they have their soul completely 100% shut up. They will not release their emotions. It's case in point. You can come into the church, you can sit in here, and you can turn the music on, and you have to beg them to stand up to show any emotion whatsoever. Their soul is shut up. They are in bondage behind what their soul has in their life. Verse number two. It said, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho. Tell your neighbor, I say, God's given you your Jericho. God's given you your Jericho. Okay, I want you to hear that now. God has given you the power over your soul, over your mind, over your will, and over your emotions. That's the three functions that your soul does in your life. Your mind, your intellect, your emotions is a part of your soul. And your will, what you want to do personally, that's part of your soul. But God has given you the power over that, and we don't need to let that overrule us. Our mind should not be causing us to worry. Amen? Amen. If you're 80 years old and your heart has pumped blood through your veins every minute, and it has pumped some 70 or 80 times a minute all of your life, what makes you believe that God ain't going to let it pump to, uh, continually right on and right on and right on until it's your time to go home? Why should we worry about that? Amen. Amen. Said, and the Lord said to Joshua, I have given into your hand Jericho. The word into your hand means I've given you power over it. So everybody here tonight, just say, God gave me power over my Jericho. That means you can be free. That means you can be totally 100% not worried up. You can be completely 100% delivered. Your mind does not have to play tricks on you. Your emotions can be sound. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. And your emotions can be sound. You can be at peace on the inside that passes all of your understanding in your mind. You can have power and control over your soul. Someone say amen like you mean it. It said, and the king thereof. Everybody say the king. king. Now, I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but if the Lord allows me to, I'm going to come back and I'm going to preach about the king of your Jericho. Because there is a king in your soul. We're going to get deep into that. And God is going to share with you how you have power over that soulish king in your life. I believe that God is wanting his church to become free in the house of God in 2022. Amen. And he says, I have given you the power over the mighty men of valor. 
Now, I want you to think about your mind. He says, Misha, he said, I've given you the power over the city of Jericho. I've given you the power over the king of Jericho. And I've given you the power over the mighty men of valor. Three things. Your soul does three things. Your mind, your will, and emotion. And you need to understand what is the ruler of your soul. And that is the king. And then you have the city that has been strong. That's your will, by the way. Your will. Everybody hold out and say, the city is my will. I'm already helping a lot of people if you listen to me. And he said, the king winds up being your mind. And then he said, the mighty winds or the mighty men of valor, that comes into your emotions and how you respond to thoughts. Oh, Lord, I'm going to help you tonight. Amen. And he said, and ye shall come past the city, all of the men of war, and go round about the city once, and thou shalt, that thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram horns, and the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before you. Now, Six days they were to go around once. The number six means the number of man. Seven is God's completion. When you add on the seventh day they went around seven times, you get the number 13. And the number 13 in the Bible is always symbolic or Satan of Satan and wickedness. So now we're beginning to show you, God is beginning to show you through this story how he is going to teach us to overcome all the wickedness that our soul can bring to us. He's going to show us how to overcome that. And I want you to notice there that it was the priests that led the fight. It was the people that were in leadership that led the fight. And then the army followed in. And they were not to say anything until at the time that they needed to, they were to make a great big shout. Now listen to what it says here. And it shall come to pass, verse 5, when, that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and you hear the sound of the trumpet, you might want to underline this, all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. In the original Septuagint, it, meant, it said that the, the city walls would fall down at their own accord. And it said, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of rams horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on and come past the city and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horn passed on before the Lord and he blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord's followed them. And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets, and the re-reward, or the back army, came after the ark, and the priest going on, and they were blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout, then you shall shout. Underline that. Until the day I bid you to shout, then you shall shout. I'm going to help some folks tonight. Boy, I already feel the Holy Spirit talking to me on this. Amen. So the ark of the Lord can pass the city. 
going about at once, and they came up into the camp, and it lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord went on continually, and they blew with the trumpets. And the army went before them, but the reward came after the ark of the Lord, and the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they come past the city once, and they returned into the camp. And so they did for six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day, that they rose early about the dawning of the day and they compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time. When the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, underlined this, shout for the Lord hath given you the city. Everybody here tonight say shout. Shout. Say it again. Say shout. Because the Lord has given you the city. God has given you the city and there is a specific time that God wants his people to shout. He said, shout because the Lord has given you the city. And then Joshua said, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that she sent. And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing." lest you make yourself accursed. And when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city Every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. They utterly destroyed all that was in the city. I must read it again. They utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep, and ass with the edge of the bull sword. And Joshua, but Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, and as she swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass of iron, they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua say, Rahab the harlot alive in her father's household and all that she had as she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And Joshua adjured them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundations thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son shall he be set up on the gates of it. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout the country. I want to go back just to read something real quick to you. I want you, if you will, when it looks at it in verse number 16, and it says, And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Tonight I want to talk with you in a title, in a message entitled, Church without walls. How many would love to have a church in God's kingdom right now that didn't have any barriers in it whatsoever? 
that were able to do what God wanted you to do. Now, I told you, I, I told you that Jericho literally represents and shows you and signifies the moon. Now, what you need to understand, it was called the city of the moon. Now, the moon reflects the light of the sun. It does not have any light in it whatsoever. It reflects the light of the sun. It is symbolic of your soul. Your soul reflects what your spirit is. Mm -hmm. Your emotions is literally showing people what's in your spirit. Your words that come out of your mind, out of your mouth, by your thoughts, and it comes out of your mouth, it tells everybody what's in your spirit. And as you go forward and your actions are done, it is by, by what's going on in your soul and what you will to get done. So God is telling us that there are strongholds still in our souls and God wants to deliver us. Amen. Amen. Jericho is 100% opposite of Jerusalem. Jericho uh, represents the material things and Jerusalem represents the spiritual things. I want you, if you will, to look over in Luke chapter number 10. I want you to see something that Jesus said about the Jericho. Luke chapter 10. When you got that tonight, I'll give you a few minutes to turn to everyone. When you got it, say amen. I got a few that are saying amen. Luke chapter number 10. Don't be so quiet tonight. And Jesus, verse 30, answering a certain man, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Underline that, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Many of us right now often start out our walk with the Lord in the city of Jerusalem spiritually. Everything we're trying to do is in the spirit. And as we go forward, things begin to change, and we, we run up on some difficulty, and we don't understand what we need to do with that there. And we got some high spiritual resolve on the inside of us, but slowly and surely in life, our, our fire burns out. And as it begins to burn out, we start descending from Jerusalem down into Jericho. The Bible says there that they, that boy man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as you start going down out of your spirit, when you quit letting your spirit be the leading source of your life, when you quit letting your spirit overtake those thoughts that comes in your mind, when you quit letting the spirit be the one that uses you to respond the right way to anyone, when you quit allowing that to be done in your life, you are robbed by outlaw thoughts and enemies from hell, and you wind up plundered. Your covering, your anointing is stripped or is caused to not shine and you wind up being wounded. I want you to just ask your neighbor right beside and say, have you ever been wounded? In your emotions, you can be wounded. And I want to share with you, I've read articles in my life and I've studied this. And in your spiritual life, in your walk with the Lord, it coincides with what scientists say. The Bible says that we, this man, was wounded. Scientists today, and the Hebrew word for this, go right in story with what the scientists tell us. Scientists and doctors tells us today that when a person has a stroke physically, when they have emotional problems, it is equal to having a stroke in your physical body. 
When someone is going through things in their body and they have a stroke physically, they can have an emotional stroke. You can have a spiritual stroke. And we all know that a stroke today is literally when you have something that blocks the circulation of your heart pumping things to your brain. It cuts things off and it causes you not to move right. If you've ever had a stroke, you have problems getting your limbs working by. If you ever had a stroke, you have problems with your hands moving on a certain side when it comes through on a certain side. And your body don't act right anymore. I want to submit to the church tonight that the church itself has had a spiritual stroke. Amen. Y'all going to talk to me tonight. Amen. The church has went through a spiritual throat, stroke. Now, when we know, and the reason why we know that is the body's not working like it's supposed to. We are supposed to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ. New believers are supposed to be the body of Christ. If you're a Christian, you are the body of Christ. We are supposed to do exactly what Jesus would do in a certain situation. And I'm here to tell you today, the church is literally fallen. We have suffered a spiritual stroke. And because of that, the church today is wounded and is wounded terribly. We have literally got all types of outlaw thoughts that's coming through the church. We've got all types of devils coming in and working in the church they shouldn't even be in our territory we should be free 100% from what God done through Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary but we are sitting here still fighting stuff that God's already delivered us from and the reason why we're doing it is the church the whole church has suffered a stroke and when that happens you shut things off in your body if you have a stroke, I believe it is on this side. It affects this side. And when it begins to affect this side, it shuts off the movement from this. Everything in Jericho here had been shut off. The church now has part of the body that's not working. Jericho is not conducting business like it used to. And they're not doing it because something was not flowing right. Things was not normal anymore. Things was messed up. They they were literally having some issues. They were in uh, the the, the fear of God himself and fear of the children of Israel and they were sitting back and they had shut down and quarantined the whole city. The church today has suffered a spiritual stroke and we have quarantined ministries that reach out to the world and the world needs the church today more than they've ever needed them before. Are y'all with me tonight? Say amen. The Bible says there in Jericho chapter number 6, as you go back over there, it says Jericho was straightly shut up and none went out and none went in. It was inactive. How many of you would agree with me tonight just simply raising your hand or shouting out amen that the church right now by and large and as a whole is inactive in the world? And the reason why we're inactive in the world is there's been a wound in the flowing blood of Jesus Christ. There is something that needs to be released. There's some walls that needs to come down. There's some blockages that is preventing the circulating power of the Holy Ghost to go down into the body of Christ and cure it of all of its diseases. Something is holding back what God wants done. And God said this year I want to start doing an operation on my church. I want to free up. I'm going to put me some spiritual stents back into the arteries of my church. I'm going to blow some fresh breath into my church. I'm going to revive my church and my body is going to start doing what it's supposed to do and the church is going to exist without walls finally in the period of the church age. Amen. Amen. 
So when a church uh, or a body's function becomes inactive and it ceases to perform its natural office, the remedy for it is to declare new life. Everyone just holler out and say, we're going to live. Amen. Say, we're going to live and not die. I'm here to tell you today, the Bible says that we're going to have what we say. And I am believing the Living Water Worship Center is in the middle of revival. I am beginning to speak that God is bringing a brand new life. He is declaring brand new life in it. And I want you to know God is going to get the church and stop them from moving into five senses that men move in. And we're going to discover the two other senses that many people never move in because man does have seven different senses, whether you realize it or not. And God is ready to cause living water and his church body to start to move in 2022. We have five senses. Everybody knows about them. We have our sight. We have our hearing. We have our smell. We have our taste. And we have our touch. But do you also realize that you have two other senses? And the sense is you have a sense of movement and balance. If you didn't have a sense of movement and balance, you wouldn't know what to do when your foot put another foot on the ground. If you didn't know how to balance yourself, you would fall every time you walk. Babies have to learn how to move and how to balance themselves. And sadly Janice in the church we got a bunch of people in the church that's been in the church for 20, 30, 40 years and they're a big bunch of babies they don't know how to move and they don't know how to balance themselves out amen smile at me tonight you kind of worried me out there a little bit amen but the other sense is a spiritual sense and scientists say it's the spirit or the sense I'm sorry of vibration vibration have you ever been around anybody and it's just their personality? It, it kind of peps you up. It makes you feel good that you're around that person. Have you ever been to a church and the church just wakes you up because it's so vibrant? I'm tired of the funeral home churches. I'm tired of walking into the cornfield churches. I'm ready to walk into a church where something's moving, something's vibrating. You don't know exactly what's happening, but something is about to happen. And you come in and you're expecting, and you walk in with expectation that, hey, something's going to happen that's going to cause somebody to get healed. Something's going to happen that's going to cause somebody to get baptized deeper in a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Something's going to happen that cause a preacher to preach like he ain't never preached before in his life. Something's going to happen that the anointing going to fall on the singers and people are going to run around and we ain't going to have to have preaching tonight because something is vibrating in the air. You were called to change the atmosphere and when you walk in you bring a vibration in this room and if you bring in the wrong vibration then revival can be killed immediately. So the other sense that we need to start moving in and we need to start walking in is our vibration. It is the Spirit's vibration. If I almost said the first thing that God done on the earth when he come to put it back together, it said the Spirit of God moved. Everybody holler out and say, you got to move. I don't care how deep and how old your geriatric blood is, God still wants you to move. If you're eight years old, he still wants you to move. If you're five years old, he wants you to move. He wants you to begin to move because you see a moving church is a growing church, but a dead, dry, old country church that is shut up and nobody coming in it and nobody going out of it and everything quarantined, it can't grow no matter what you try. Everybody just holler out and say, living water is a moving church. Now, when you leave your mind out there to outlaw, outlaw thoughts and you allow them to come in, you begin to build a stronghold. And if you leave them strongholds in place, 
Walls are starting to be built around your castle and in your soul. And then walls are put there to keep you inactive in your life and to keep you in your life to where you literally will not move forward. I've met so many Christians in my life, they seem to have a deep uh, belief in the Lord, but they've been living in a cycle year after year, year after year. It's the same thing. They're still struggling in their finances. They're still struggling in their health. They're still struggling in their mind. They're still having problems in the relationship. They're still having problems everywhere. They should be free. They, they're, they're, they're grown up. It should be grown up into the Christian faith. They should be fired up with the glory of Almighty God. They should change the atmosphere when they show up but they come in for the better but they come in and they change the atmosphere for the worse because they've been living in that cycle they're sitting there behind walls they're inactive they're not moving they're quarantined they're not doing anything they're sitting in their house they're not moving when they do come to church nothing happens in the church for them because they ain't been prepared they don't come expecting everything has shut them down they've allowed walls to be built around them and everybody in the church seems to have a wall built around them and because of that the church has got a wall and the world can't come in and we can't can't go out to the church. But God said to tell you in 2022 that he is going to have him a church without walls. He's going to have him a church that has ready access to the world. He's going to have a church that has ready access where someone can leave the house of God and touch the world because there are people behind the wall right now waiting for his people, God's people, to get radically happy with the power of Almighty God. Hmm. The church today has experienced a spiritual stroke. And because of it, it has not been recognized in the world and the body parts have been left so damaged. We don't even know we've had a stroke. And now the body parts are so damaged and they haven't been treated for so many years. They haven't been put through rehab. They haven't been repaired. And the church right now has been existing behind fortified walls trying to keep the enemy out. But what our problem is, is we have turned ourselves into our own worst enemy. And now God said, this year I'm about to deliver you. Turn to somebody and say, God's about to deliver us this year. Amen. There are people whose names you don't know. You ain't never met them. You ain't never seen them. But they are waiting right outside the walls that you build in your life, right outside the walls of Living Water Worship Center, waiting for you to become radical about God. God is wanting you to get radical about Him. Everybody holler out and say, Radical. Radical. They ain't one of y'all radical yet. <laughs> radical means you're crazy. One of the best compliments you can ever give me is I will never know what Kip's going to do. I think Aunt Janice said that there Sunday or she said that Friday night, I know for sure. So you don't never know what Kip's going to do because I'm a little radical. I'm a little crazy. And God is wanting his people to get a little bit crazy in the life. When you become radical, the functions and the fundamentals of your nature change. You cannot get radical without changing some stuff. Amen. And these people are out there waiting for us to become a church without walls. When they look at the church, they see people coming to the church in worse shape than they are. They walk into the church and they look at people and they don't crack a smile. They walk into church and they sit down in the pew and the people that come to church every Sunday sit in the pew while the church is going on. They don't see anything different 
in the church than they see out there in the world. In fact, they see people in the world living and seemingly living better and getting along better than some of them here in the church. Then we got a bunch of people in the church that literally has had a stroke there in the ICU and they're on an intensive care unit and they've got them some type of life support system going on. I don't know. They're so half dead. Buzzards are all around circling the hospital bed about ready to take them out. They're not ready. I'm telling you, we need a wake-up call in the church. Amen. These people are out there and they're waiting for a chance that you, you, everybody holler out and say you. You fall so deep in love with Jesus Christ that it becomes the most important thing in your life. Church is the number one thing in your life. Jesus is number one in your life. Reading your word is number one in your life. Reaching somebody out there in the world and preventing them from going through what you went through is number one in your life. And God said for me to come tell you that he is about ready to do that in his church. He's about to bring in an inflow of brand new people in the church. Brand new people that need some help. But we got to have the power here for him to do it. And he says, the way I'm going to do it. Everybody hold out and say, this is the way. He says, the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to radically change your worship. In other words, he said, it's time for the church to shout. Oh, my Lord, I'll preach to the wall. It's time for the church to shout. And let somebody know in a loud voice, we got something to shout about. We got something to shout about. There comes a season and a time in spiritual warfare that you are to open up your mouth and you are to shout. This is the decade of the mouth. And God has been telling you and pumping in you for the last two years words and decrees and doctrines telling you that you are more than an overcomer. You are a more than a conqueror. You are literally walking in the power of Almighty God. Everywhere your foot hits, it is yours. Your territory is yours. You can face the giant. You can slay the line. You can protect your pig pack. You can rise up and face the giant and win the battle. God's been pumping that in you and he's saying get ready living water because there's coming a time that I am going to tell you to shout and let loose a, a war cry and every wall of Jericho in your life is coming down. Oh my God can I preach just a minute. Amen. Amen. The walls of Jericho are ready to fall not only in living water but in our community. That little trailer park that Betty lives in over yonder, it's about to fall around that trailer park. Amen. Oh, where, where Aunt Janice lives there on Pine Ridge, the walls are coming down. Amen. Amen. Over there in Roseboro, it's coming down in the name of Jesus. Over there on Hogwaller Road, the walls are coming down. God said, this is the year that I am going to cause my people to shout in a radical worship. And when they make some noise in the house of God and shout with a radical worship, the world is going to take notice because we're finally going to remove the wall so everybody can see what's happening. There's going to be some happy people in Living Water Worship Center. There's going to be some joyful people in Living Water Worship Center. There's going to be some people that's got some power in the house of God. There's going to be people that ache on the bottom of their soul to get to the house of the Lord. They're going to have a church without walls so that God can deliver our community. Amen. The Bible said, and, and, and well, let me rephrase that. The Spirit come to me and said, Kip, tell your people that they got to start lifting up their voice because they got to get ready for the harvest. I'm going to say it again. The Holy Ghost said for me to tell you, you got to start lifting up your voice because this church has got to get ready for the harvest. 
That means I know you can talk. I know you can lift your voice. I know you can get loud. I know when Katrina wants to get Joe straightened up, she'll raise up that voice and she'll get him to pay attention. And I believe that we need to get hell to pay attention to us. Yeah, you got some strength on the inside of you. And the Bible tells us that we are to make a war cry. And there comes a time when we are to release like a cry and shout out at the very point of of the battle. And God said it's about time for us to release the shout that's going to call every one of the walls to come down. I'm here to tell you, you're going to see a change in your neighborhoods in the next few months. You're going to see a change in the church in the next few months. I'm prophesying to you right now. Get ready. God is going to use the word he's put in you over the last couple of years for you to decree what thus saith Almighty God over Pine Ridge, over Bladenboro, over Hogwaller, over Tabor City, over Chapman, over all these areas. God is about to cause you to shout. And when you shout, hell is going to tremble because the walls that's been built in our soul and out in the community is coming down. God is going to get his harvest and he's ready for a church that's ready to receive it. Amen. It's time for you to shout against the walls that that you have in your life. It's time for you to rise up and shout against them walls. How many's tired of them walls? How many is tired of them walls keeping you away from your child giving their heart to the Lord? How many is tired of them walls that's sitting in somebody's body that prevents them to accept and receive the healing of Almighty God? How many is tired of them walls that's causing people to stay home service after service after service after service? How many is tired of them walls that cause the church to be prayerless? How many is tired of the walls that there is no power in the house of God? How many is tired of them walls? Then this time is becoming high night time that we rise up and we let us shout out with our voice and shout against them walls because when we shout against them they're going to come down in the name of Jesus Jesus said if you don't do it even the rocks are going to cry out so it's time for somebody to look at you and say I think you're crazy because I got news for you Satan ain't your real enemy Satan's already been defeated he's already been mopped the floor with and thrown aside Let me tell you what the biggest enemy that there is in the world today. And this scripture tells us what it is. It's the religious church. That's the biggest enemy that we've got. Imposter churches. Churches with a form and a fashion, but does not have the power of Almighty God. Religion is just simply man's attempt to try to reach God. God's got an opportunity for us to come in and be able to reach him. It's called a relationship. And when you have a relationship with God, you start loving the Lord more than you love your own self. And when you begin to love the Lord, your time is not your time anymore. Your money is not your money anymore. Your intellect is not your intellect anymore. Your brain ain't your brain anymore. Your hands ain't your hands anymore. You give it all to God. And when you give it all to God, the walls start coming down because we are in a relationship. We are not a church with walls. We can have a church that is literally free and clear and not bound up by a wall. We can go in and out and still change the world. Amen. Amen. A church with walls don't want to grow. They don't want nobody new coming in. Us four and no more. They don't want to grow. They don't go out and reach the lost. And I want to tell you, the only way that this church and any church is going to go out and become a church without walls is worship. Amen. Everybody holler out and say worship. 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 Praise. Worship. You got to make it. I'm here to tell you it's time for people to walk in this church and say, man, them's the craziest people I've ever seen in my life. That's right. 
My mama used to get happy when she got happy. Boy, she'd do some crazy stuff in the church. Some of y'all, I would love to see an 85-year-old woman just jump up and walk the pews in this church and have about 50 people sitting here and say, Lord, I know that had to be God to raise up that crippled, invalid 85-year-old woman and she's out there walking up. I'm here to tell you, I've been in the church and I've seen people fall out and it looked like that they literally would bust their head. You could hear their head hit the cement, bam, and they get right back up like nothing in the world was wrong with it. I'm aching in my body to see the power of God one more time. We've built up walls and we've held out God. We've held out the trying to hold out the devil and we've held out the world, but God said this year get ready because the wall are coming down because I'm going to take your praise and I'm going to take your worship and I'm going to cause you to get crazy in what you do for me. Amen. So it's time for the church to get excited about what God's doing. You might not see it every day, but God's really up to something. Amen. You want me to tell you why? Because the community is looking for the real deal. They're tired of these people. Come on over here to church. You come over. We got a good children's program. What that means when you got a good children's program is we carry them out bowling. We carry them to the movies and we have a cookout for them. I want to have a children's program that grabs a hold of a five-year-old and anoints them and baptizes them in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and sets them forward. And we got five and six-year-olds standing behind the pulpit preaching the word of Almighty God. I want to see a children's ministry that can take a 12-year-old boy and literally put people that have been saved 50 years in their mind to amazement of what they know about the Lord. I'm ready for a good and better living water worship center, a good children's ministry, a good women's ministry. I'm here to tell you right now that God is ready to bring his church out and tear down every one of this wall and obliterate every one of the addictions that we have in our life and the community is out there and they are looking for the real deal and I wonder if living water worship center is the real deal. Amen. If we are, then we got to start manifesting the presence of the living God. We got to start showing them that there is a way to be let out of the financial problems that this world is throwing on you. We got to begin to show them that God's power can still put marriages back together. God's power can still raise up people out of the ICU. He can even raise them up out of the ward over there in Blaine County Hospital. I believe that even after the mortician embalms them, God can still raise them up out of the time here to tell you tonight. I'm getting ready for what God is about to do because we need to be that church that we got to learn how to worship God in a radical way and become crazy about our God. Amen. It's time for us to scream at the top of our lungs praise to Almighty God. It's time for us to scream at the top of our lungs and let everybody know, hey, God delivered me from myself. I'm here to tell you, we need to shout out to everybody that God brought us out of the deep miry clay and we ain't got to go to hell. It's time for us to show that God has already delivered us from our sinful life and it's time for the church to get crazy for God one more time. Amen. Why can't we get crazy about him? He's crazy about you. Everybody turn around here and look at Eva and say, Eva, God's crazy about you. Crazy. He's flat out crazy about you. He is crazy in love with you. He gave everything he had just for you. And you can't give him an hour a week. He gave everything he had for you and you can't give him your shoe. 
He gave you everything He had. He said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and I'm giving it all to Jesus and everything I gave to Jesus I'm giving to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is going to manifest it unto you. I gave you everything that I have. All of my, your needs is met with my riches up in glory. Everything you need I'm giving it unto you. I'm, giving, I'm crazy about you. you my bride. I'm going to make sure you got a mansion to come home and live with me. I'm going to make sure you're walking with no more tears in your eyes. I'm going to make sure that you ain't going to go through more pain and suffering. I'm crazy about you and I'm looking over the corridors and the spectacles up in heaven and looking for me a church that's crazy about me. Ask somebody and say, are you crazy about him yet? Turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Let me share with you what Jesus said about this. I'm glad you came to church so far. Amen. Luke chapter 19, when you got that, say amen. Verse 36 through 37. I believe I got everybody. Verse 36 through 37. Verse 19, chapter 19. And when he had come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a murmur, with a small voice, with a whisper. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Amen. I was wondering here tonight, how many of you can raise up your voice and praise God for what you see? How many of you know that that car was meant to take you out? How many of you know that that your last sickness that you had when COVID walked into your house, that was sent by the devil to take you out and to kill you? It was not only sent to take you out and to kill you, it was sent to take your children out and to kill them. It killed some of your family, but it didn't kill you. We need to rise up because God was crazy enough about us to put angels around our house and say, no, it might come near and into 10,000 dwellings, but it will not overtake this because I'm crazy about that person that's in there. And the Bible said as Jesus started coming near, they began to shout out with a loud praise. I believe that as Jesus starts coming back into the church, as the Holy Ghost comes back and cascades into the church, we can't help if we are Christians and in love with Jesus. The closer he gets, the louder the church is going to get. I think the closer he gets, the more vibrant we're going to get. I think the more closer that we get, the louder our voice is going to get. I think we're going to jump higher than we've ever jumped before. I think we're going to run faster than we've ever run before. I think we're going to sing a little bit harder than we've ever sung before. I believe we're going to preach longer than we've ever preached before. We're going to stay in the altars longer than we ever have before. We're going to go out into the crack men and clean them up like we never have before. We're going to change the community because the walls are coming down. Amen. Amen. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. Tell your neighbor, I was say, rejoice. rejoice. I'm so sick and tired of Christians. They ain't got no joy. Smiling upside down all the time. Like I said Sunday morning, walking in here, dragging your lips right behind you because things ain't right. I'm so sick and tired of the victim in the house of God. And I'm so sick and tired of the patient in the house of God. 
I am looking for somebody that realizes that every wall of Jericho in your life is coming down and that you have some joy that God has took care of you all these many years and you ain't got no reason to complain. He's already been there. You need to start letting everybody know the mighty works of Almighty God. Your heart's still pumping blood through your veins and the doctor said you won't never live beyond 60 and here you are 85. It's time for you to raise up your voice and to let everybody know I got a God that can still do mighty words. And when you do that there in your radical praise, God said, I'll bring down the community's walls and I'll give the city to you. Can I preach this a little bit more? Amen. He said they shouted and they rejoiced with loud voices. Ask your neighbor right beside him, say, are you at a party? Ask another, turn around and say, have you come to a party tonight? I can see Nett when she's about 16 in the party going on and boy she's just sitting all down and all this stuff boy and now she comes to the party at the house of God crosses her legs and she sits there with her arms oh, I'm picking on her but that's the way we come into the house of Almighty God it's time for us as we have submitted our service unto unrighteousness to submit our bodily parts to righteousness and let them know hey I used to party for hell and I'm about to party for Jesus I'm going to release and have me a good time we're going to start throwing parties here in living water it ain't going to be services here in We're going to have some parties in Living Water. There's going to be some ice cream and some cakes and some balloons and we're going to raise some banners and we're going to have some We're going to get radical in our prayer. Get ready because everything's changing. Get ready. God is about to do something. Mm. Loud voices. And the minute that it went down and read on to that verse, it says, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And look at verse number 39. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. Let me tell you what's going to happen. The minute that Betty gets happy and she gets to shout a little bit and she's running around here and the Spirit of God's on her, she's laying hands on her. We're going to have somebody, old Pharisee, sit back down and say, Betty shouldn't be doing that. She's a woman. She shouldn't be preaching. And she shouldn't be doing that. She shouldn't be there. And Aunt Janice ain't supposed to be up there praying and leaving over the prayer time. I'm so sick and tired. I will not rebuke it in Jesus. So let me tell you something, another. You let every one of them get out there and praise me if they want to because if they don't lift up their voice and if they don't praise me, then the rocks are going to cry out. And God is saying it's time in the house of God for us to raise a shout and to let out a roar cry and let hell know that everything that God has given us is ours and every wall is coming down. I'm going to tell you, I rebuke every Pharisee that there will be able to walk in the door of your life and in this church. And I release the power of Almighty God. It's going to be a change. It's going to be different. God is changing you radically in the name of Jesus. Ask your neighbor outside of sorry, you going to be a Pharisee. I hope not, because if you are, I'm going to rebuke you, I'm going to cast that devil out of you in a heartbeat. Oh, I am tired of the Pharisee. I'm tired of myself. Well, you know, I put with the women's in control of that church. I know they ain't. God's in control of this church. The Holy Ghost is in control of this church. God's the one that called this church. And if God's ready for the men to come, God will send them just as fast as they can. And sometimes it's going to take the mouth of a woman to praise God about the mighty works of God to change the men and see something different in the household again. He said, there's going to be a bunch of Pharisees. So there's going to be a whole lot of people. When you start worshiping the Lord, there's going to be a whole lot of people that's going to say, Phil Worm has gone completely crazy. <laughs> Who does she think she is? There ain't very many services that go around that Tina tell me, well, it was pretty good, but maybe you shouldn't have said this or maybe you shouldn't have said that. 
I'm not going off on I'm not saying that's very secret. But what happens in life is the minute God begins to do something, we have a bunch of Pharisees that stands up. And not just the Pharisees, we got a bunch of Sadducees too. You see, them Pharisees, all they can see is fair. So you don't need to be following those Pharisees. And you definitely don't need to be following those Sadducees because they don't believe in the resurrection power and the spiritual power of Almighty God. And that's why they're called sad, you see. That's the reason why they're sad. So we need to get rid of the Pharisees and we need to get rid of the Sadducees. And there was also another one called the Essenes. They were the ones that pulled away from everybody else. They were saying nobody else was living right but us. That self-righteous spirit, God is about to clean his church up and he's about to release something in the house of Almighty God. And when he does that, the praise in the church is going to change. And some people that ain't never raised their voice for the Lord is going to raise their hands and their voice for the Lord. And the community is going to be changed because God is going to take that drug that's out there on the dance floor every Friday night, Bringing in all the hell there, and he's going to start raising up his voice for God, and he's going to preach the house of God full by what God does in that person's life. Amen. Amen. Religion has been trying to shut up the worship of God for years. Amen. Rebuke Janice. Janice don't need to be taking a leadership role. That woman wears pants. She don't need to be up there talking to you. In verse number 9 of Joshua chapter 6, it said they were supposed to let out a a war cry and they were to do it at the time that they were told to do it. And God is commanding the church right now and saying it is time to shout. Everybody hold on say it's time to shout. It's time for us to lift up a battle cry. It's time for us to raise up our voices. It is time for us to do what God wants to do. Why? Because our day has come. Arise. There is a brand new light. It is a brand new day. Yeah, it's dark out there and people look like they're getting darker. But the glory of God has rose up upon you. It is time for you to get up and shout. It is time for you to shout. It's time to shout, church. It's time to let out a war cry. Because God has every angel straight strategically placed to take hell out of your life. Amen. The walls of religion is about to fall right before your eyes. And here's what God's doing. God is looking for those people that are hungry for his presence. I want you to ask that person right beside you say, are you hungry yet? Then tell them, say, you ain't hungry enough. Anybody ever been real hungry in your life? Been so hungry in your life you'd have done anything to eat. No. Has any one of you ever went and dug through garbage to eat? If you get hungry enough, you will. There was a family that I went to church or went to school with. And they were in bad shape. I ain't gonna call who they are. They're still here in Bladenboro. And their mom and daddy was having a rough time. And them kids would not ride the bus home because every day at the cafeteria they would take trash cans and put it out in the door and leave it there of the food and the scraps that people left. I worked at school, 9th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. And I remember walking around the corner that day and seeing them where all that slop was. And they were going through the garbage can getting what they thought they could eat. Pieces of pizza, pieces of chicken, stuff that were thrown out there in that garbage can. Have you ever been that hungry for Jesus? That you'll do anything to get it? 
If you get hungry enough for his presence, you'll go through the garbage to get what God's got for you. If you get hungry enough to do what God wants you to do, you'll go out into the hell dens of the world get what you need. Amen. The Bible says it is time for us to get lost in his presence. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's time for us to literally move in a wave of growth. And God has said, Living Water Worship Center is about to have and have a release of a wave of growth. You better get ready. And the way God is going to do it is he's going to change worship. I'm here to tell you, when 60 people is in this church like it was Sunday morning, boy, I can't hardly preach hard enough. Y'all will preach the daylights out of me. But when 12 is here, I have to preach to the lights and the wall and the carpet. I'm here to tell you today, evangelism is about to come. Worship is about to come. We're going to be to change our worship and have it change crazy for the Lord. And every time you have true worship, it leads to evangelism. It's true evangelism. Because evangelism is birthed out of worship. Evangelism that goes out and meets people where they are and not where we want them to be. Let me say that again. Evangelism that goes meets the people where they are and not where we want them to be. Where do we want them to be? Church. How we reason? Come to church. Come to church. Come to church. That's where we want them. But true evangelism is when we go where they are and take the church to them. When Thelma is out, when Katrina is out on a Monday, and all of a sudden they finally tell me that Thelma starts speaking in tongues, and they have them a little service down yonder behind the, the IJ or up in front of the IJ, and I'll say, at that point in time, evangelism now has reached people where they are. Amen. It's nice to have them come to church. That's where we want them to be. Amen. But God says true evangelism is birthed out of worship that goes out and grabs them where they are Amen. and then brings them where they need to be. Amen. Am I helping anybody tonight? Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor here tonight and say, I am not the frozen chosen. The Bible, instead of in the Bible, the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. I'm here to tell you there's a bunch of people in the church right now. There's a whole lot of them that's cold and a whole lot of them's frozen. But I am not the frozen chosen. I have got the power of Almighty God in my life. And the world is waiting for us to start worshiping Jesus Christ like we're supposed to. A worship that will catch their attention and call the walls to fall down. The world is looking for something different in the church than the status quo. I believe that the world is wanting to come to church and see things change and see things different than what they see in other churches. That's why I'm not cutting the lights out in this church. That's the reason why I'm not going to have loud rock music in the church. That's why I'm not going to have people bopping and jumping up and down in the flesh to them songs that is not anointed by the Holy Ghost. We're going to go back to the bloodstream of Almighty God and we're going to usher in the power of Almighty God and we're going to offer something in this house that the world knows is different. When they walk in, it's different than what they can get out there in the world. Amen. It's time for us to become a church without walls. Everybody just say with me, living water is a church without walls. How are we going to do that? When you start picking up your pride and throwing it away, and you start worshiping the Lord and you praise the way you should. When you ain't concerned about what Janice thinks about you, when you ain't concerned about what Tina thinks about that, there's mascara running all down your face. 
when you ain't worried about what nobody thinks about you, then when we reach that point, that's when the walls will start crumbling down. And I'm here to tell you, God told me to come tell you that he's calling Living Water Worship Center to be a church without walls. Now let me share something. Can I just throw this on top of this? I hope she listens to this. Pastor Sissy's church that she pastored was called a church without walls. And I said, when the Lord shared this with me, I said, Lord, I can't use that title. That's ripping off Pastor Sissy. And he said, I want you to preach. She'll hear what you got to say. In other words, I don't care what's going on in your life right now. Your calling's not changed. And Living Word Worship Center is being called to be a church without walls. And we're going to be a church without walls. The walls are coming down. Turn to your neighbor out and say, I'm going to get crazy for Jesus. Oh, turn to another and say, I just want to see you crazy for Jesus. I've seen Aunt James get a little. Here it is. We have a pastor in our church. name of her church is Church Without Walls. When God told me to preach this this night, he told me, I told him, I said, I can't steal that from her. He said, I want you to. He said, because I gave her that mission and that vision years ago. And every time she steps forth to go forward, the devil knocks her back ten steps. Said, but Living Water Worship Center is the church without walls. And you will see that come together. The walls are coming down. The community is changing. And Living Water is going to worship the Lord in a radical praise. Smile at that right beside and say, it's time to shout. Joe's the only one to got it. Stand with me tonight. Amen. It's time for the church to let out a war cry. It's time for the church to make sure that the world out there sees a different thing in the house of God. If you're glad you came to church tonight, say amen. amen. Give God a good hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. Father, tonight we pray and we ask, Lord, that you'll go with us to God and direct us and bring us back in love and in unity. Father, be here in the morning at 10 o'clock, 1030, Lord God, with the women as they begin to pray over our church, as they begin to pray over our town. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would camp angels around them as they begin to pray, that the Holy Ghost will give them the insight, the revelatory knowledge. Father, that they will begin to get the revelation that they need, Lord God. And Father, that they'll get even the wisdom they need to be able to say exactly what they need to say in their prayer, Lord God, to change what's happening. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. We believe what you have said. We know, Lord God, that this church is going to have every wall broke down here in the next few months. And Father, the communities that we represent are going to be changed by what you do in and through us. Father, right now, I give you this church, and this church will begin to radically worship you and to praise you. It was so in depth with the power of Almighty God and so thick in here, Lord God, that people can't even be able to stand the minister. I thank you, Lord, Lord God, as I open it up unto you, that you're going to have your way. Lead God, direct us, bring us back in love and in unity, and fire us up, Lord God, to change everything. In Jesus' name, we'll pray, and we believe. Amen. 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 Tomorrow morning, 1030 prayer, Friday night, 6 o'clock. Yes. We can. Yes. study, the Calvary Road, anything else? Amen. Huh? Remember to bring the children's donations.